You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? Hallelujah. Are you excited? Tell your neighbor you're excited. Amen, amen, amen. You know, Pastor Sarah, um, a show that uh, on TV that my wife and I, we really like watching is The Voice. And after hearing you sing, I was thinking, man, you need to be on The Voice. Amen? Amen. Wow. That was something. Amen. Well, it's good to be here. Yesterday, uh, we had a great time with your leadership. We uh, straightened them out, finally. Amen. <laughs> we straightened out the, the leadership. Amen. So we're going to be heading in the right direction. And uh, let me tell you a little bit more about me. I am from Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where all preachers come from. Amen. <laughs> Married and got uh, four daughters and six granddaughters and finally got a grandson. I finally get to walk down the other side of Toys R Us, amen. And, uh, and so been traveling now be uh, 40 years. We've been traveling around the world, uh, helping people find their place in the body of Christ, realizing that, you know, there is more to church than just driving to a building, sitting in a room, smiling at pastor, giving him all your money and going home. Going to have one amen. Now look at your neighbor and say, he's really going to talk to the people sitting behind us today. Amen. Amen. If you would, get out your Bible. Let's get started. Pastor said I had to have you out of here by 2 o'clock. So we're really going to be moving fast. I want to make sure we make it on time. Amen. But uh, uh, grab your neighbor's hand if you would, please, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning again. And we thank you for this opportunity again to minister your word. And Father, I know it was not an accident that you placed me with Pastor Joe and Sarah. You've given them a great vision, but it will take a great army to fulfill that vision. And Father, I thank you for having a part to be able to to train up, to stir, to challenge those that will attend this church in the weeks ahead, in the months ahead, in the years ahead. And Father, I just thank you for this. Father, I thank you on my behalf for clarity of speech and for simplicity of thought. But most of all, I thank you for the anointing, that it flows like it's never flowed before. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen and amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I thank God that 2020 is over. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Here toward the end of the year last year, I I was in prayer and I I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, well, what do you want me to do in 2021? You know, uh, in 2020, uh, we ministered uh, only in uh, four churches. Uh, We we were scheduled in a whole lot more, but because of that so-called pandemic, you know, we, uh, uh, churches closed up and everything, and And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do in 2021 with the teaching on the the ministry of health to the local church? And uh, the Lord spoke to me and gave me a word. And that word was rebound. 
Now, I often ask God, why, why don't you give me something spiritual? You know, some, 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 some uh, uh, Greek or Hebrew word, you know. But God always, you know, he, he'll talk to you in the language that you understand. Amen. I was raised on a farm in Illinois. Uh, and uh, I was raised on a farm, didn't have running water or inside bathroom. And, and that's one of the reasons I got married and married my wife. I wanted to have an inside bathroom. Amen. And, uh, but uh, I remember one time uh, uh, I was studying on faithfulness. And, and, and the Lord gave me a word, crowbar. I thought, good night, crowbar. Well, being raised on a farm, I knew what a crowbar was. Uh, on our farm, we had, we had several crow, crowbars, but there was one special crowbar. That crowbar could do anything. And when my grandpa would yell out, go get the crowbar, we knew which one to go get. We got the one that laid up in the corner of the shop over there, and it never failed us. And, uh, and he talked to me about how only you can pry yourself up on Sunday morning and come to church. Only you can pry up your hand and say, yes, I, I'll volunteer. I, I'll get involved in that. I'll give to that. Amen. And so he gave me the word rebound. So I thought, well, I'm going to look that word up, see what it means, what it truly means. And, and this is what that word rebound means. It, it says to spring back on. To recover from setback or frustration. And I thought, well, we, we experienced a little of that last year, didn't we? Amen. And then I like this one. Rebound is to recover value, recover amount, recover strength after a previous decrease or decline. So I'm here to tell you this morning, it's time to rebound. It's time to take back, amen, what's been taken from us last year. And so that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to rebound you today. Look at your neighbor and say rebound. Second Timothy 1, 6 says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on my hands. I change that word stir up to, to rebound. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou rebound the gift of God which is in thee by the laying on of my hands. Amen. See, I'm here to stir you up. Now, y'all full gospel, right? You're full gospel? Now, now, church, if you've never said amen, hallelujah, glory, or, or preach on preacher, you can do it today, okay? I loose you in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Don't get quiet on me. You get quiet on me, I get quiet on you, and you won't like that, amen. Amen. <laughs> Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me say this while you're turning there. It's not an accident that you're here today in this church. God doesn't have accidents, amen. But he's brought you to this church for a reason and for a purpose. Each and every one of you that are born again today, you have gifts and talents on the inside of you. And that's why God's brought you here to this church. Look at your neighbor and smile and say, I really think he's talking about me right now. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27, it says, Now ye are the body of Christ. Can I have one amen? amen. We're talking about you all. Amen. Come on now. It says, Now ye, and we're talking to y'all. Y'all understand that kind of talk up here? Amen. He says, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. We're all particular members in the body of Christ. Amen. He goes on in verse 28, it says, And God hath set some in the church. Now, that's where I want to be. I want to be in church. A lot of people on Sunday morning just go to church. I want to be in church. Now, to be in church means to be involved in church. It says, And God hath set some in the church. First, apostles. And we thank God for apostles. Amen. Then it goes on and says, secondarily, prophets. And we thank God for the prophets. Amen. Then it goes on and says, thirdly, teachers. And we thank God for people that can teach the word of God. I, 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 got, a, I got a feeling that Pastor Joe and Sarah are great teachers of the word of God. Amen. Amen. Then it goes on and says, after that, miracles. Now, I ask this everywhere I go. Am I in a church that still believes in miracles? Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Then it goes on. Then it says gifts of healings. And I've been asking this a lot. Am I in a church that still believes that God heals today? All right. Good. Amen. And then what's that next little word there? You see, just every now and then somebody sees that. Amen. But, you know, over the years, I, I really, I figured out why a lot of people have not seen that little word helps in that verse there. This is where a lot of people blink when they're reading this verse. They're wide-eyed when they start reading it. Oh, yeah, apostles. Oh, yeah, prophets. Oh, yeah, teachers. Oh, yeah, miracles. Oh, yeah, gifts of healings. Oh, yeah, diversities of tongues. And they blink over helps and governments. Listen, I know a lot of blinking Christians, amen. I've been to a lot of blinking churches too, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we're not a blinking church, amen. But there it is, it's in the Bible, and it says that God has set it in the church. Now, you would be amazed, you would, you would be amazed how many people have come up to me and said, you know, I'll tell you, one theologian professor, been a professor for 50 years, sat in my service said, Brother Buddy, this is the first time I've ever seen that in the Bible. I've, I've had preachers say, I, I, I've never seen that before. Amen. But, and it's amazing because we know that verse. I'm amazed how many apostles and prophets have never seen helps. Look your neighbor, smile and say, I think I know who he's talking about. Amen. But there it is. It's in the Bible. And it says, now look at it. It says, and God has set it into the church. I want to get this across to you. No man made up the ministry of helps. Are you hearing me? No committee put it together. But the God that created the heavens and the earth set into the church the ministry of helps. I'm here to tell you the ministry of helps is just as valid, just as anointed as if God had asked you to be a prophet or an apostle. Thank you for that 
That's right, but I, I'm believing for at least two amens on that one. Why? Because our God is not a respecter. We're in this together. Tell your neighbor that. We're in this together. Now, let, let me give you the definitions for that word helps. The Greek definition goes like this. It says, one of the ministrations in the local church, by way of rendering assistance or especially of help ministered to the weak and the needy. Do your ushers render assistance? Do your outreach, are you, are you uh, giving, rendering help to the weak and the needy? Then you're operating in a supernatural ministry, the ministry of helps. I'm going to say it again. Some of you are just not quite grabbing this. Some of you are looking at me now. Brother Bell, you're a little strange. Do you think helps is that important? Well, I, I think whatever God sets into the church is important. Amen. I just don't get excited when, when I see an apostle. I get excited when I see a nursery worker. When I see a children's worker. I mean, I, be honest with you, if I don't, then I'm becoming a respecter in the body of Christ. If I get more excited about apostles than I do nursery workers, then I'm a respecter in the body of Christ. Hello. We're in this together. We need nursery workers. We need ushers. We need greeters. We need the people that serve in the outreaches. Amen. We need people that, that, that run the sound equipment, the media equipment. We need people to set up, you know, the banquet. Amen. We need people to render assistance, to give help to the weak and the needy. To operate in a supernatural ministry, a ministry that God set into the church. No man set it up. No committee set it into the church. But the God that created the heavens and the earth set into the church the ministry of helps. Let me give you another definition that's becoming uh, pretty famous around the world now. Uh, it was written in the 1800s by a Pentecostal holiness preacher by the name of Godbag. And he wrote a commentary on the New Testament. And this is how he defines the ministry of helps. People who render assistance, people who give help to the weak and the needy. He starts off with the word O-H-O. And it's not O. That's how a lot of people re respond to rendering assistance, giving help to the weak and the needy. Oh. <laughs> Why do they always ask me to do that? When I go to churches, I, I ask people, what, what do you do here in your church? I'm excited when I ask people. And typical answers and responses over the years have been, oh, I'm a bucket passer. Somebody's got to pass the buckets in our church. Our pastor's always taking offerings. Now, I'm not making these up. Another one said to him one day, oh, brother buddy, I'm a dirty diaper changer. Somebody's got to change the dirty diapers in this church. And tell you the truth, if I didn't, I, I think some of these babies would never get a clean diaper. Now, I, I knew what that nursery worker was talking about, amen. I asked another person one day, I said, what do you do here in your church? I'm excited when I ask people that question. And this person responded and said, oh, brother buddy, I, I, I sing in the choir. Uh, they, they've been harassing me for weeks on the telephone, so I gave up. <laughs> and I sing in the choir. This is how a lot of people, this is how they respond to this, that God has said into the church. But Brother God, he don't start off, oh. But he starts off, oh. 
y'all don't look at me like that. <laughs> he starts off excited. Listen, it, it's the same O that you experienced when that apostle walked into your church here not too long ago. Oh, he's here, he's here. Amen. It's the same, oh, if it's not, then you're becoming a respecter in the body of Christ. We're in this together, amen. But listen to this definition. He starts off excited. Oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders are number one helpers. How grand revival work moves along when? When red hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled host. Whoo! Man, that ought to give you a Holy Ghost goosebumps. Man, that ought to make you want to say, Pastor, where's a dirty diaper? Let's go. Amen. <laughs> what a definition for the ministry of helps. Let me give it to you one more time. Some of you sitting there in shock. <laughs> he starts off excited. Oh, the infinite value. Listen to his words. He's talking about those who render assistance, those who give help to the weak and the needy. Oh, the infinite value. How many people will be saved in this church? How many people will be healed? How many people will be set free? Oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders, but we are number one helpers. How grand Revival work moves along. When? When red-hot platoons of fire-baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled host. Whoo! Listen, write this down. Your hope and joy is in your purpose. Your hope and joy is in your purpose. That was what Paul, when he wrote to the Corinth church, I, I believe was really trying to get across to them that how valuable and, and how important they are to each other and, and, and how important they, and their purpose is. Let's go over to uh, verse 12 in chapter 12. He wrote to the Corinth church, he says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether it be Jews or Gentiles, whether it be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. Now, Paul, at this point, is going to relate the body of Christ to a human body. He's picked something that every one of us have one of. Is there anybody here who does not have a body? We all have a body, okay. So he's, he's going to relate the body of Christ to a human body, okay. 
He's trying to get across to them how valuable and how important they are and how we need each and every one. He goes on and he says, If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Have you ever heard that? You ever had that thought? Well, I don't do what Sister So-and-so does. They don't need me around here. I can't do what Brother So-and-so does. Or they don't need me around here. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? He goes on and says, and if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? One to think, come on people, think. Just because you don't do what your sister does does not mean that you're not part of the body. And just because you don't do what your brother does does not mean that you're not part of the body. You're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. He goes on and says, and if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? Now I want you to do something for, for me. And, and you're going to think this is silly. But this is what he's trying to get across to him. I want you to look at your neighbor and look him straight in the eye. And I want you to try to picture one big eyeball sitting there beside you. <laughs> so silly, isn't it? But this is what he's trying to get across to him. How silly that would be if we walked in and there was nothing but eyeballs sitting in the pews. You know, what would we hear with? Well, we'd have to take hearing by faith, amen? At least we'd be in faith, amen? He goes on and says again, and the whole, if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? Now, I want you to do this for me. I want you to look at your neighbor's ear. I just pray it's clean, amen? How silly, how silly that would be to walk into church and there's nothing but ears sitting on the pews. This is what he's trying to get across to him. Listen, just because you don't do what your sister does not mean, it does not mean you're not part of the body. And just because you don't do what your brother does not, it does not mean that you're not part of the body. We need every member. We need every part of the body. Here not too long ago, I, um, I bought a um, National Geographic video on the human body because I, I was studying this you know and and I thought well you know I, I need to learn some stuff about about the human body I'm here to tell you I was amazed at what I learned okay about what goes on inside of me and you amen you know like, let, let me read you some things here they said that Every human brain, there are millions of cells in your brain, and they all do something. Now, I know you wives, you think your husband's only got one cell, amen, <laughs> and it don't do nothing, amen, amen. <laughs> but there are millions of cells in your brain, and they all do something, amen, they, now this, this really got me. Inside of a child's body, there's over 60,000 miles of, of blood vessels and veins. 60. In you and I, 
There are over 100,000 miles. Now me, you know, there's probably 125,000 or 30,000. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, how far is it around the earth? Does anybody know? How far is it around the earth? Come on now. Y'all went to school, right? That's all right. I had to Google it too. Amen. <laughs> it's 25,000 miles around earth, around the earth. We could wrap you four times around the earth. That's inside of you right now. Thank God our blood knows where to go. Amen. It's on a long trip. Amen. I was amazed. Something else they did. They took a camera and they went inside a human being that was alive. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I see something coming up on the screen and I thought, that is not in me. No way is that in me. But when they got to that and they told what that was and how other parts of the body really depend upon that part of me, I thought, okay, you know, as long as it's in there and nobody else sees it, I'll keep it. Amen. Amen. I was, I, I, I was amazed. Do we have any doctors or nurses here? Is there any, you're, you're a nurse? What, what kind of nurse are you? LPN. Oh, an LPN. That's different from a. RN, in there. yeah, an RN is a real nurse, amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Is it okay to have fun in church? You know, I had a person walk up to me one time after church and said, Brother Buddy, you really offended me today. I said, I did. I, I, I said, well, what did I do to offend you? Because I, I wanted to know, because I, I, I don't want to go around offending people. And they said, Brother Buddy, you use too much humor when you preach. I said, really? I said, you know, I'd like to take you on the road with me. And I'd like you to stand beside me and listen to person after person come up to me and thank me that they were able to, to laugh in church again. Person after person said, Brother Bell, I didn't think I had the joy of the Lord no more. But I found out today, I still got it. I still got that joy. The Bible says a merry heart doeth good as a medicine. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. You know, some people say, Brother Buddy, you're the funny bone in the body. I said, well, I'm in the body. Amen. <laughs> That's the important part, amen. I'm glad you recognize that. So you back me up on this, okay? What I'm about to say next. When you cut yourself, an alarm goes off on the inside of your body. Yeah, just do this, amen. Just do that, amen. Whoop, whoop, we got a cut in the left leg. Whoop, whoop. Now, you might have a boring body. I do not have a boring body, okay? Am I right, am I right? And your white and red blood cells, they have fancy names for them, they mount up by the millions and they come rushing to that cut. Thank God they don't put, uh, you know, get a committee together first, you know. 
and say, well, you know, I don't know if we ought to send that many down there, you know. So let's, let's go check it out first and let, let's see if they're really going to start that men's home, you know. I don't really want to get involved yet. <clears throat> Moving right along, amen. But the white blood cells, their responsibility is to come against anything foreign that is trying to enter the body through that cut. The red blood cells, their responsibility is to create a clotting substance that will keep the life, the blood that is leaving the body in the body. I thank God they don't vote before they go. Amen. But wherever I cut myself, the, the alarm goes off and they mount up by the millions and come rushing and doing what God created them to do. If I was to uh, reach into you right now, about you knowing it, and pull out a part of you and hold it in front of you, how would you react? You would probably react the same way that you react when you see some, some people that walk in the church. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Where did that come from? Amen. Come on now. Amen. But if I told you that it came from you, what would you say? What would you say if I told you it came from you? Put it back. Well, now, wait a minute. You didn't ask me what it was. You didn't ask me what it did. You didn't ask me how other parts of your body depend upon that part of the body. But when you found out that it came from you, that it must be there for a reason and for a purpose. Every one of you that walked into this church, you're here for a reason and for a purpose. Maybe I've never seen anything like you before. <laughs> Amen. I've never met you. I've never talked to you. But this I know, we need you. I don't know every member. I don't know every part of the body. But I know this, I need every member and I need every part of the body. When I first went to church, I was an old dirt farmer from Illinois, barely made it out of high school. I was a mess, an absolute mess. I can remember when the pastor would get up and ask for volunteers and, uh, you know, and I thought, well, they wouldn't want me. I was in a church where there was a lot of Bible school students that, you know, that uh, knew Greek and knew Hebrew. I mean, I was just, uh, you know, starting to be introduced to King James. Amen. And, uh, and, and, they, and they pray all the time. And I thought, well, they'll want one of those people. God would want one of those people, not me. I mean, you know, I read my Bible, but not that much. I, I prayed, but not that much. And. I had a family, had a job, had to work. So I didn't, I didn't volunteer. Nobody else volunteered. Next week, the pastor gets up and asks for volunteers again. And, and again, I'd sit there and say, oh, they, they, they wouldn't want me. I mean, I, I, I was a mess. And actually, they would have told you back then I was. I was a mess. But nobody else volunteered. Third week, pastor got up and asked for volunteers again. And 
And I sat there and I thought, and this is a true story. I thought, well, you know, I could do that. I, I really think I could do that. And this, this is true. I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to raise my hand. And, it, and, it, and if the pastor goes, oh, 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 we got a hand. Oh, oh, it's you, buddy. Well, thank you, buddy. At least you raised your hand. But you don't pray that much. You don't read the Bible that much. And, uh, but but, but, but I, thank you. At least you raised your hand. I, this is what I thought. And, and I thought I would not get upset. I, wasn't going, I wouldn't get mad. I understand completely why you wouldn't want me. But you know what? He didn't do that. They let me get involved. He let that gift, that purpose that was in me, begin to develop in the church there. Verse 18. He says, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. Or in other words, brother buddy, you just take care of you. You do what God wants you to do. You know, I run across people that over the years have told me, well, my ministry is to set the members into the body. I said, oh, I said, you don't want to do nothing for God, do you? You just want to boss people around. Look your neighbor and say, I think I know who he's talking about. Amen. <laughs> I've met people like that. My ministry has set the members into the body. Oh, you don't want to do nothing for God. You just want to boss people around. But when I read this, and actually if you're here today, or if you're watching online, this ought to set you free. It's going to give you a lot of time to serve God. Amen. You don't have to be worried about all the other members. Make sure they're in the right place. Let's make sure that you're in the right place. Your purpose is happening in the church. And that's why I can't look at you. I cannot look at you and say we don't need you. I can't. I don't know every member. I don't know every part. But I know God. Amen. And if you had told me 40 years ago that I would travel around the world, that I would teach and preach in over 3,000 plus churches, that, that, that I would teach, I teach right now in over 30,000 Bible schools around the world every year. Two to 300,000 people hear this teaching on the Ministry of Helps in over 70 different languages. Yeah. If you had told me that 40 years ago, I would have laughed. There had been a lot, of, a lot of people who would have laughed. But you know, I raised my hand. I wanted more than just sitting in a pew, listening to a sermon and going home. And when I lifted my hand, it was like the, the switch was thrown. And that gift, that purpose in me began to develop, began to grow as I continued to, to be involved. He goes on and he says, you know what, I'm going to let you out early today. Look at your neighbor and say, I love that Buddy Bell. I love that Buddy Bell. Amen. He goes on in verse 19. He says, and if they were all one member, 
Where were the body? Pastor, would you come up and help me out with something? I love to illustrate different things. If we can, bring a chair. Or you got a chair? Is there a chair? Grab that one up there. I am so excited for you and Sarah and this church. I'm, I, and I'm not just saying this. Listen, I'm at the age I can say whatever I want. <laughs> whenever I want to say it. Amen. And so, but I, I am, church, I am really excited about you all. I'm excited about this church. I'm excited about your pastor and his wife. Amen. And the things that I see going on here. I see a lot of things going on that a lot of churches don't have. Amen. Amen. That are starting out. Amen. And you're laying a great foundation. Again, I'm going to say it, church. <laughs> well, let's just put it this way. There could be somebody else sitting where you're sitting right now. Did you know that? So you answer me this question. Why God pick you first? Hmm? There could be somebody else sitting where you're sitting. Why did he pick you? Why did he bring you here? Why did he lead you here to this church? That gives me goosebumps. I don't know about you. That gives me goosebumps. Sit down, Pastor. Now, in John 12, verse 32, Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen? We sang, we, we sang that. I've never seen that song before about uh, lift up Jesus. I've never, never seen that song before. I thought, well, I got the right message. You know, I'm hooked up with the worship team. Amen? But Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Now, Pastor... I, I'm going to lay Jesus right there. That's the word, Jesus. I'm going to lay him on your knee, okay? Now, you know, and I know, the word says, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen? So I want you to take your head, just your head, and I want you to lift up Jesus as high as you can. How silly, how silly to think that one member can do it by themselves. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And pastor cannot, I'm here to tell you, pastor cannot by himself lift up Jesus in this community. And that's why. God's brought you here to this church. And I'll close with this. Do you have that slide? Thank you. Give Pastor a hand. Amen. Do you have that, have that slide I gave you? I was in the mountains one time and I just, it was a beautiful landscape. <laughs> there we go. Here not too long ago, I was at a church, and uh, I was talking uh, about a carburetor. And a gentleman came up to me, and I found out that he was a mechanic. And I asked him, I said, 
do you have a carburetor tore apart in your, in your uh, workshop? He says, well, yeah, I do, brother buddy. And uh, I said, would you bring it in? And we laid it out on the table there. And this is really not all the parts. But I talked about, when I was talking about the carburetor, I was talking about we needed every part of the carburetor for it to run properly, for the engine to run. Everything had to be adjusted just right. He says, brother buddy, do you see that little silver pin right there? And it's only, it's only about a quarter of an inch long. You all see it? It's pointed to it. He says, if that pin is not in that carburetor, it'll start, the car will start, but it won't run. It'll flood out. If that little silver quarter inch long pin is not in that carburetor, it won't run properly. Oh, it might start, but it'll just flood right out. And you won't get the power that you should have out of that engine. You might be here today, and you might think, you know, brother buddy, I felt like a little silver pin. I really don't think, you know, I was that important here. Or that I could do that much here. But all we need is that little silver pen. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can't serve every Sunday. Maybe you can't serve, you know, uh, uh, maybe once a month. Maybe you even can't do that. But you know, you could do something. Amen. Once a month, once every six months. The key is this is that you just do something. Because once you start, God takes off too in your life. My wife and I, we, we started cleaning the church every week. Then we started being ushers. And then we started serving in the nursery together. And then we started doing just, just whatever needed to be done. I have never, I'm going to share this with you. This is a nugget. I think this is what really helped us. We have never, and I, this is the truth. We have never, when we're, whenever we were asked to do something, say, say, well, I have to pray about that first. Never. I have never said that. The way I look at it is, is God's got something for me. Because I learn something. Every time I go and serve in a particular area, I learn from that. You have purpose in this vision, in this church. Would you stand up with me? Hallelujah. It's time to rebound. It's time to recover from setback and frustration. We've been, we, we, we've been frustrated this last year. Amen. I've been amazed the power of fear. Hello. I've been amazed the, the power of fear on, on, on people. Amen. What if we had that much faith as we do that fear? 
Amen. So it's time to get rid of the fear. It's time to rebound. Time to rebound back to faith. Time to rebound back to believing God. Amen. It's time to rebound and take that step in, in faith and, and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to do what you've been saying to me in my heart. Amen. It's time to, oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders, but we are number one helpers. How grand revival work moves along. When, when red hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled host. I want you to do something for me because nobody has a mask on here so we can do this now. I want you to turn your neighbor, throw your arms around and give him a hug and go, oh, and you can be seated, amen. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated, amen. Pastor, come on up. Now listen to me. You don't normally have a Sunday night service, right? Yeah, Okay. But tonight we're going to have, at 6 o'clock, yes, amen, we're going to have one more rally. Amen. Amen. And if you've never been to two services on a Sunday, uh, you can do it today. Amen. Do something you haven't done in a long time. Go to church twice. Amen. In one day. But we're go- I-, I won't keep you long. I think you said I had to have them out of here, what, 10 o'clock? Yeah, okay, 10 o'clock, amen, we'll have you out of here, amen. But man, you're really getting out early. We're going to beat the Baptist to the church, I mean, to, to the harvest, amen, amen. But God bless each and every one of you, amen. I, I, again, I, I'm excited for y'all. I'm excited for this church, amen. And, uh, you know, I'll share this with you. I shared it with the pastor when I first started traveling and teaching on the ministry of helps back in 1980, uh, that, was, that was a big time. I don't know if some of you remember the, the 80s, but I mean, churches were having seminars and every month, every week, and, and I'd go to churches and nobody show up. Pastors say, well, I don't know where they're at, Brother Bell. I mean, just last, last month we had a, a so-and-so in here, and, and the place was packed out. I said, well, what, what did he teach on? Oh, he taught us on how to raise the dead and cast out devils. And, and I said, well, I raised the dead. I cast out devils. Amen. That spirit of laziness, it comes out in Jesus' name when I teach on helps. Amen. And I remember I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, are you sure you want me to teach on the ministry of helps? Doesn't seem to be real popular, you know? People stay away in, in, in bus loads instead of getting in bus loads and coming to my meetings. And then after about six months, I, I changed it. And I said, Lord, why do you want me to teach on the ministry of helps? And he gave me three reasons. He says, number one, he says, I'm going to send you to churches that are getting ready to explode in growth. And I've been to those. I got a church right now I went to when they was running 160 people. Today they run 34,000 people. Amen. And they teach ministry of helps. They believe in the ministry of helps. Amen. And a lot of other churches too. 
Amen. Once they lay that foundation, amen. And then number two, he says, I'm going to send you to churches where pastors are doing everything. <laughs> Haven't run out of those yet. Amen. Amen. But it's the third one that motivates me the most. He says, I'm going to send you to churches where pastors are contemplating suicide. I've met these pastors. One pastor said, Brother Buddy, I was in the desert. I had my gun. I was going to end my life because really it seems like nobody wanted to get behind the vision. I just thought I was a failure. I've met these pastors. I've talked with them. Amen. You know, to me, the gift of a pastor is not the low gift on the totem pole. I'm going to share this with you. We're not streaming now, are we? Oh, we are? Okay, we'll leave it on. Amen. A prophet comes to me and tells me they're a prophet. The very first question I ask them, who's your pastor? Who's your pastor? Well, I don't really have a, a such, you know, one church that we go to. Every now and then we go over here and every now and then we go over there. And I said, well, uh, I'm not going to listen to you if you don't have a pastor. I'm not going to listen to you. Amen. Every pastor, I mean, every prophet, every apostle, every evangelist, every teacher needs a pastor. Amen. They need to be in a local church. Are you hearing me? All right, I just threw that in extra, so you can throw a little extra in the offering. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.